Hey everyone, it's Nellie Thomas here. How are you doing? This is Dear Nellie, Sex, Relationships and Dating from the Other Side of 40. We hope you're loving the podcast as much as we are. A few quick things before we get into the show. Uh, for information about our fabulous live shows, which we do semi-regularly, go to NellieThomas.com and follow the links. We've just done a few in Melbourne, one in Sydney, and we'll be back for more early next year in 2024. Now your listener calls are the backbone of this podcast. They're the best. Chuck out the rest. Take a chance. Send me in your question, your comment, your dating story, regret, anything really. We absolutely love hearing from you and you can remain anonymous. Follow the links on my website or see the show notes for more information. To support the podcast and keep it coming out for free, please rate it on whatever app you're on now. Just pull it out. Hopefully give it a five-star rating that helps other people find it. Tell your mates, share it on socials, do all that stuff. If you can, please join Patreon or Acast Plus for five bucks a month and you get a bonus episode every month and some other perks. If you can't, that's also fine. Just keep listening every week for free. We can't do this without you. Now, this podcast was recorded in the council area known as Maribyrnong in Melbourne. I would like to acknowledge the traditional owners of the land, the Wurundjeri, Woiwurrung and Bunurong peoples of the Kulin Nation, and pay my respects to their elders past, present and emerging. Last but not least, if you're new to the podcast, this is a sex, dating and relationships podcast for adults. Let me put it this way. If you don't like swearing, it's really going to give you the shit. So off your fuck. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Dear Nelly, I could use some advice. Dear Nelly, yes, yeah, some help would be nice. Dear Nelly. I'm eager to hear your point of view, dear Nelly. There's a lot to explore, dear Nelly. When you're 40 or more, dear Nelly. So I'm hoping we can talk it through. Welcome to Dear Nelly, Sex, Relationships and Dating from the Other Side of 40. And we are back with Sloppy Seconds with Kath Davis. How are you, Kath? I'm great, thank you. It's sun shining and happy days in Melbourne. It's springtime. Spring has definitely sprung. It has. Does that affect your mood? Oh, amazingly. Yeah, me too. I realised the other night, when you catch the moment of like, it's after six o'clock and it's still light. Yeah. yes, Yes. We're through it. So for people interstate and overseas, like Melbourne, you know, it depends. It's all relative, but it's a pretty long winter yeah. and it's dark Yep, and it's pretty gloomy. Yep. So when you get that 
like fresh sunshine and like you say just the idea of waking up in the morning the heater not going on yeah yeah and and even knowing that you i don't go out very much when it's dark dark yeah but if it's you know daylight savings and it's light there's a couple of extra hours of your life yes good yes now give us i assume everyone listening has already heard your episode cap because it was so great but let's give us a quick pricey of tell me your life so far (laughs) <laughs> what, so I'm I am still 42 for a couple more months. Yes, um, you're LTS, long term single. I'm long term single. I think I, I can't remember what the number was, but maybe 15 years by yeah. now or something like that. Um, yeah, ha- uh, had a bit of a dickhead. Yeah, and since then I've actually just been pretty happy with where I am. Mm. Um, not seeking any further dickheadery. Yeah. <laughs> so dickhead in your 20s, mm. pretty rough, mm. rough relationship, rough ending. And these days the way I think of you, like really happily independently single, not that kind of stereotypical like pining for when will he come, when will he come, great auntie, really good friend, professional. You're also not showbiz. You're no, a civilian. I'm a layman. I'm a, yeah, I'm a layman or a lay person. Yeah. <laughs> you've, got, you've got an actual job. <laughs> Amazing. So, and how did you feel after the episode came out? Oh, no, I was happy. I, I listened to it with a bit of a, cl- yeah. a few glasses of wine. Yes. And I, I was um, – I, I wondered how far and wide I'd promote it, but actually I got some really wonderful feedback from friends and family, so I was glad that um, – That's sweet. And total random um, – uh, colleagues going, oh my god, Kath, oh my god, that's you, yeah, Nelly's, yeah. Nelly's podcast is my favourite, and uh, then you're on it. Oh, I had heaps of great feedback because I think it is one of the great untold stories. Is single middle-aged women who are happy, we're, truthfully, we're growing too, yes, and it well, freaks some people out, doesn't it? Indeed. So, in terms of your friends and family, were they surprised by anything or? There was a few things, yeah. Mm. There was a few things that they said. Look, I knew, but I didn't know it was that bad. Or, yeah. or uh, you know, a couple of people saying, "Where the hell was I when all of that was happening?" happening yeah. But people have their lives. They mm. were doing other things. They were having babies. That mm. you know, um, and I particularly didn't share to protect mm. people. So, mm. Mm. also, <coughs> I think I don't know about you, but the times that I have been mistreated, there's been a certain amount of shame that I've felt. Like sometimes you don't share it because you think it's embarrassing. We shouldn't think like that. But you think, oh, people think of me as being so strong and forthright yes. so this doesn't won't square with who they think I am. Yes. I t- God, shame is such a horrid, horrid thing and that's mm. sort of one of Brene Brown's um, mm. main ones. But I, I watched one of those – I watched the Russell Brandt uh, issues recently yes. and one of those women who'd come forward and wanted to be anonymous kept talking about shame, shame. and I didn't want to raise it for shame. Mm. Like, you didn't do anything. No, he was the one that did it. Yeah. But, but usually that is how that shit works though. It, yeah. They weaponise shame. Yeah. You know, people who are um, – dominant slash abusive weaponized shame in all all guises I think Mm. so now being sloppy seconds you get to ask ma a question and I know you I know you've prepared something look (laughs) at you reaching for your phone is this an essay question do you have an opus should I be scared no you shouldn't be scared (laughs) um the question is Mm. Are you are you currently just as motivated to find a partner, oh. having had a relationship and it didn't work? Are yeah. you still just as keen 
you know, you're getting back on the horse. Yeah. And and kind of one of the reasons to ask that is, you know, when I said that I'd come on the first time, I, I didn't want to sound defeatist. Yes. And so yeah. you're not you're not in that space. You're where what space am I in? No, I am one hundred percent optimistic. Mm. Um, I am absolutely in that space. I am hopeful. Mm. I am realistic as well. Like I think you can't be go through the kinds of life trajectory that I've been through, um, or anyone at our age maybe, and be Pollyanna. Yeah, you know about um, relationships. But I do – I've realised, I think, which is really interesting for me to realise at this age, I am actually a hopeless romantic. Well, yeah. <laughs> and and, and, and I, so I sort of thought um, – You suspected as much. Well, I suspected as much. But then, you know, the, the sort of – maybe the chaser is sometimes are you still looking for the forever partner? Mm. But, but that's really interesting at our age when you go, well, what is – what does that mean? Mm. What does forever mean when you're yes. in your forties? We're not in our twenties thinking no. that that's seventy till we die or whatever no. it is. So, so do we think it's it's is it a forever partner we're uh, looking for? Is it simply you know someone yeah. that we fall head over heels for? Yes. Is it we subscribe to this notion that actually you can have multiple wonderful partners in yes. your lifetime and they're all valid in their own ways? Ways. And yeah. you go and seek. The next one, because you yes. want love in your life. It's it's hundred percent the latter. Yeah, you. Want I love think in your life. For, I want love in my life. However, that I think is. it's um, the idea of forever. It's funny. I've never been really invested in that. Like I did in my long term relationship, think that that would last forever, or I wouldn't have had children. Yeah. Okay. Do you know what I mean? So I did think it, but it's not something that I sought. I wasn't the kid. I wasn't that girl. Like. With a bride's doll. Yep. You know, I mean, I had one because aunties and uncles buy you one. But do you know what I mean? Like I've never planned a wedding. I've never been that kind of, oh, we'll be sailing off in the sunset when we're in our 70s. So I think I already was not that invested, which is weird because my parents are still together. So Mm. that was modelled to me. Mm. Um, But it's not something that I've ever consciously sought. And I was thinking about this the other day. I really finally reckon I have learned the lesson of going it just what it is now yeah like do not project into the future yeah you know not that you can be completely reckless either like you don't go right move in doesn't matter if you take half my house like there's some logistics yes but in terms of romance I'm just like if you I want it and if you're in a situation where you're getting it just take it and don't put the projection future pressure on it yeah of where it'll be in six months, a year, 10 years, 20, I don't know. And so that is a fine balance then because I've heard you speak about when you let your kids know yeah. and, you know, keeping yeah. things for mama. So oh, there's yeah. a tipping point for both of those things. Yes. When do I tell but without putting that pressure on how long how long it'll it be. be. And I think for me that is the longer the better, mm. you know, to introduce anybody mm. um, and – also, it, it's kind of not an either or. How do you frame it to the kids? Mm. Because if I'm going, oh, here's a new parent, that's a really different, which I'm not doing, I mm. hasten mm. to add, <laughs> that's a very different thing to going, oh, I'm seeing somebody. Yeah. You know, and down the track you might meet them. Yep. And if you do meet them, 
you have to be respectful, but they don't have to be your best friend and they're not going to be your new mum yep. or your new dad or your new whoever. Yep. So I think if you're working in terms of that sort of Brady Bunch model of I'm looking for someone to integrate and we're going to live together and I'll parent their kids and I'll parent my... That fuck too much pressure, like, you know. Well, and and so um, last night I had a couple of drinks with colleagues, and they're both single, and so I, I quizzed them a little bit oh, as yeah, well. Nice. And we were sort of talking about <clears throat> depends on why you're dating as yes. well. So I think we're in a very different. We are in very different place to to previous history, where economically. Yes. You needed to have a partner yes. most of the time if you're a woman. Yeah. Um, without that as an impetus, if and it still might be for some people, mm. absolutely, mm. Um, then you're talking companionship and sex. Correct. And you can get two of those things in very different ways. Yes. <laughs> and you can choose for that to be with one person. Yes. Or you can choose other ways to get yes. your companionship and your rocks off. Yeah, correct. And I think I'm, you know, as you would have heard listening to podcasts, this is one of the reasons why for all its problems I'm okay and, in fact, supportive of online dating. Yeah. For this exact reason. Yeah. So I've got <laughs> a friend, for example, who came out of a really difficult relationship about a year ago, popped herself on field which is, um, to say it's a kink website is probably a bit too far, but it's there's a lot of E&M, there's a lot of ethical non-monogamy, there's a lot of kink, there's a lot of open relationships. It's not a conventional thing. And, oh, my God, like I've never seen her more happy. And she's in an open relationship which she's never been in before, never considered before, mm. um, with a person that I don't think she would have considered before. Yep. And happy as Larry. Happy as that. And this is something I think that comes to you once you rip up the script. Yeah. Ten years ago, I don't think she would have even entertained this possibility. Yep. And not that I'm on field, but that's the kind of space I'm in. Of like, I'm not, I'm, I'm not going to do rules. No. What? Yeah. What? What am I looking for? What do I need? Yeah. How? How do I fulfil that? And and take it for what it is. Yeah. You know, take the person for who they are. Take the relationship for what it is for however long it's there. I think you and I discussed in your first episode you had a romance that was, you know, a couple of nights long or a week long. Do you know what I found out? What? He's not here anymore. Oh, did he pass away? He passed away. <gasps> and it really kind oh, of, I don't wow. know why, but it really kind of made me feel, oh. Did you find out via the podcast? No, what? no, no. It was on, He was still on Facebook. And I had a look one day because I was like, mm. I haven't seen something for a while. Mm. And then I checked and, <clears throat> yeah, he's off wow. the planet now. So anyway, you the, had, mm. this was a travel romance. Mm. <laughs> and we were talking about it in the context of the fact that it's a, it was a significant relationship for you. It, it was. It was whirlwind, uh, but it was yeah. memorable. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Wow. And how did you feel when you found out he died? Yeah, it was just a bit flat, you know. Yeah, of I mean, and, and and my mind mind obviously raced about what it was. You know, it was Mexico. Yeah. And the way that he lived, mm. I, I think it was highly likely that it was COVID. Oh wow. But um mm. yeah, it was and, and a very sad ending then. Mm. Um he was a he was a sketch artist. Oh. So he he really he was Bless. a bit of a vagabond kind yeah, of Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, well, you know what, I think it's um, even that, like having grief for someone that you've spent a short amount of time with, to me it's an indication again, I really do think, and I know this from friends, 
there are some people that come into your life for a couple of weeks that change your life. Yep. And there are some people who are in your life for 30 years and hardly make an impact. Mm. You know, so sort of judging where I am now in terms of dating is judging relationships in terms of longevity. I'm out with that. Humans are incredibly complex, weird, wonderful, frustrating. Yeah. But I'd prefer to take the good side than exactly. dwell on the negative. Exactly And right. so you always want to put that hope in the fact that they're a good one, yeah. not, a, not one that's there to hurt you. Yeah, exactly right. And, you know, we both know this from hard experience, no guts, no glory. Like, it's risky. Mm-hmm. Right, even even a one night stand can be risky. You can catch feelings; they can drop you. It can hurt. Yeah. Let alone investing your heart, yeah, into someone. But for me, I'm like, what's the alternative? Like, I just love. I want to be romanced, <laughs> you know, and I love people, yes. and I want something adult for me. I can't yes. just be mum all the time. Yeah, absolutely. You know. So, yeah, still still love and love. Well, I love, yeah, I love that. Yeah. Can't kill the hopeless romance. Hi, everyone. How are you doing? It's Nellie Thomas here from the Dear Nellie podcast, Sex, Relationships and Dating from the Other Side of 40. I'm dropping in to remind you that we are coming to Sydney this week. This is your last bloody chance to book tickets and what a lineup we have. So it's going to be me live in conversation with author, broadcaster, TV personality and Australian legend Yumi Steins. We've also got Benjamin Law on the panel, another author, journalist, creator of Family Law, my absolute favourite player on Survivor Australia and host of Stop Everything on Radio National. Last but not least, we'll have journalist and award-winning comedian Chris Bloody Ryan. I mean, what a panel. Between us, we have five divorces, nine kids, the full rainbow of sexualities. Yumi is single and not even close to wanting to mingle. Ben is loved up and in a long-term relationship of 20 years. Chris came out of a decades-long marriage last year and I got COVID divorced. What did I do? Started two bloody podcasts about it. I really hope if you're in or around Sydney, you'll come and bring a gang. So it's Saturday, the 7th of October at the iconic Sydney Comedy Store. Doors open at 4pm for a 4.30 show. We'll be done by 6, 6.30. You can go out for dinner. Perfect. Go to NellieThomas.com or ComedyStore.com.au for tickets and info. Seriously, don't miss it. I'm going to be honest with you. I don't get to Sydney a lot. I don't think I'll be there again before the end of the year. So if you're interested in this conversation, who bloody wouldn't be, come on down this Saturday to the Comedy Store and take it in. All right. Love yous. Now, our culture share today, I'm going to hand over to you because you have been um, cyber-stalking one of my <laughs> absolute favourite people. Would you like to share with us? I found someone. Um, excellent share song, by the way. I found yeah. someone to take away the loneliness. Yeah. <laughs> excellent video clip. She's got the greatest boots. They're chainmail boots. They're fantastic. <laughs> Mate, I've just been on a pride cruise. <laughs> How much share do you think I heard? Exactly. Every morning computer, I'm waking computer up. I love it though. Yeah. The auto chip. Yeah. <laughs> Will and Grace episode. <laughs> anyway. Love. Um, this is about Miriam Margulies' oh. advice. So 
she was actually on the project semi recently, yes. but it just popped up on Instagram for me because I get all the cool ladies um, popping up on my Instagram. Because her wife's Australian, right? Yes, she yeah. and she is. She has Australian passport right. and citizenship, and she is voting yes. Yes, good on her. So she's pretty spectacular, and yeah. uh, she, they were asked about the long term relationship yeah. and and how do how do you make it work? Yeah, and so she said, "Well, look, every relationship is different. Um, you know." Uh, I'm not going to judge anyone else's relationships, but I think that you never let the sun set on a quarrel, which mm-hmm. is a firm belief of mine as well. Mm. Uh, you need to talk it out. Mm-hmm. You need to listen. Mm. Uh, but then she said something very funny. <laughs> she said, don't look for another genital. <laughs> she decided <laughs> to go into, she said, lo- a little bit of what we were just saying, love love who you're with, love where you are now, um, always make sure you try to make it work, but don't, adultery is just a waste of time. Don't yeah. try and look for another genital. If you're not happy, talk it out. And yeah. she said, um, if it's not for you, um, part with kindness. Yeah, fuck off. Have the conversation yeah. and part with kindness yes. because you then uh, uh, going elsewhere just mm. draws it out, hurts mm. people, and none of that is necessary. Mm. So I think mm. I really liked, you know, yeah, sure, be happy with what you've got. But mm. I also kind of feel this making things work is an important thing mm. and having patience mm. and and being true to your partner is a really important thing but I, I probably subscribe to the should it be all that hard no because ultimately if there's things that don't work mm. you're allowed to move on oh 100% I like the balance in that between like to me that's a very like utilitarian sort of pragmatic but also romantic combination of kind of going, if you can make love work, then do it. Like nurture where you are, um, put effort into the relationship that you're in. At the same time, if it's done, it is done. Yeah. You know, like walk away with kindness, exactly as she said. Mm. But stretching it out either for you or for them or for both of you or certainly finding an out via another person yeah i mean that's really blowing shit up on the way out i understand some circumstances where that's happened um but i think she's right like there is you don't this is a terrible metaphor but it's one that's coming to my mind you don't flog a dead horse you know you actually do know when it's done Mm. i think and it's not kind to either of you to wish that away yeah and 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 make your choices about what sort of relationship and love yes. you are after. I, I'm not. I, I don't know what Miriam's relationship no. is like, but if they've been together for a really long time, mm. it might not be Thunderbolt City no. anymore. But it's yeah. the companionship that they yeah. both want with each other, mm. and I'm sure they have a cracking sex life. Yeah. Um, <laughs> the way that we know Miriam, but. Um, <laughs> Yeah, if that's what you've chosen, yeah. you work at it and stick with it and listen to each other and do all of that. Mm. But if one of you is on a different page or, or mm. you've been trying for a long time to make mm. something work that isn't working, well, then, yeah. Well, I always go back to that idea of, you know, that when the, even the whole concept of marriage was devised, we were living to, what, 50? Yeah. That, yep. Like, I'm 50 next year. You know, like I could conceivably get in a relationship now that lasts another 30 years, even another 40 years. Yeah. So the idea of meeting someone when you're 20 years old, staying together until you're literally 90, mm. 
I mean, there are not many people who can evolve together over that period of time and it doesn't make it a failure. No. For when it ends. Yeah. You know, I did love, even though it's gone to shit now, I did love when Bill and Melinda Gates broke up and they were adamant, like, we've had a successful relationship for 30 years. Yes. It's ended. And Hugh Jackman and <gasps> Deb. Hugh and Deb. Well, you know, and again, who knows what's going on for them, but in the way that they're speaking about it publicly to kind of go, we still love each other, we're still a family, we had a successful relationship, it ended. Mm. I like that. Yeah. Like I think when given the long our lifespan now, we have to stop framing breakups as failure. That's right. And and the the historian in me just thanks the stars mm. that I'm living now oh, in gosh. Australia. Um, and without some of the religious or economic and societal pressures, which which some of them still exist, but I would not have made it if yeah. I, you know, I, no. I would have. I think I was thinking about this the other day. I don't know why. You and I would have been milkmaids. No, in a I would have. Town. I would have been a lady of the night because yeah. I don't know how I would have um, earned money. Yeah, because I wouldn't have stayed. I would have broken out of a forced or a bad yeah. relationship. Yeah. And I would have had to make money somehow. And yeah. if I had had no access to education, that's what I, I would have had to do that. I'm yeah, certain. what are the options? Yeah. yeah. Yeah, totally. I mean, when you, for people like us with working class backgrounds, what, what options did women have? Yeah, absolutely. Really, unless they could find like an uncle or aunt that they could live with or, you know, something like that. Yeah, like, the, yeah some sort of arrangement. Yeah, we but think I about would have like, been the I would have been the problem child who oh, yeah. couldn't conform. Yeah, the good old days were not that good. Absolutely not. And, and now it, we can look at it, I think, you know, it sounds trite, but whether it's um, jobs, friendships, relationships, like quitting can be for winners. Oh, yeah. You know, like knowing when to leave a bad job, for example, good on you. If you've got that choice, not everyone has that choice, and same with marriage. That's right. But if you can do that, take it. Like people fought really hard. That's for it. our right to be able to do that. That's it. That's it. Yeah. All right, I'm going to hit you. Armchair expert, I'm going to hit you with a meme. Right. Well, this one's a bit heavy, but I thought we needed to go there and you don't mind going to hard places. So Tiny Buddha, which is one of my favourite sort of um, accounts, both on Facebook and Instagram. I'm not Buddhist. But there's a lot of Buddhist reflections, I think, that are really poignant and beautiful. So I saw this one. It said, I'm sorry that someone you loved made you think it's hard to love you. Yep. Oh, Kath, what do you think about that? Um, I, I, Yeah, it's... Uh, what do you think it means? I start... I immediately... I immediately thought of... Something that I've been telling myself and other friends that I really loved when I saw it the first time because it was a phrase in a movie, which I'll get to, but it was a phrase to, to tell a young little girl um, to help their self-esteem that had nothing to do with what she looked like, mm. which I loved. Mm. So I – and I need to tell myself this more often as well, but mm. I really love in the help where she uses the phrase, you is smart – you is kind, you is important. Mm. 
Oh, yes. And, and when, when you've ever felt unloved or mm. questioning that, mm. I think about that and multiple times I've written my little notes to myself in mm. moments of not despair but just mm. moments where you're like, just remember you're a catch. Remember you are yeah. exceptional as a human being. Yes. I have written down things that I do like about myself and why. Mm. And not because I actually then want to put myself out there to mm. to catch someone, mm. but just to walk a bit taller, remembering mm. that you are you are kind, mm. you are important, mm. you are really smart, and mm. whatever that person made you feel, mm. um, if you can find that for yourself and mm. remind yourself why you like yourself, you don't need them. You actually don't need that. Do you think, and this is a very pointed question, so don't answer it if you don't want to, but do you think you know the age at which you started to think you were hard to love? Like was it from that bad relationship or was it before that? No, no. Um, I went to I went to a primary school that my mum taught at mm. when, before she had um, parental leave. And we knew a number of the teachers and there's this one particular teacher in grade six, he was just spectacular and mm. he was the one that you wanted to have. And all my brother, my brother and my sister and us, we all had him. Mm. But he gave us a task in early in grade six and it was to write your own report card. So I was uh, 11 years old mm. and having to write my own report card and kind of therefore, what do you like about yourself? Mm. And I remember being in tears because I didn't know what to write. Oh, darling. And the mama and the papa didn't know how to deal with that. Mm. I didn't even know. No. Why, I didn't even know why I was crying. Mm. But I couldn't. And at that, and I, I was quite shy then, very mm. shy. And I couldn't, I couldn't kind of get out of that space of why can't you find something you like about yourself? Yeah. yeah. And I think I was quite doubt, I doubted myself a lot mm. throughout that part of my childhood and um, do you know why? No idea. Yeah, because you have my impression is you have a really good relationship with your parents. Spectacular. Like it's not like you were going home and being told, you know, no. you're a little bitch or anything like that. No, but I think I've I've found myself sometimes questioning where did I fit in? Yeah, like yeah. the who who was I kind you of felt question. a bit fish out of water. And yeah. and went so I went when I went to high school. I also remember writing. We had to write. I don't know what we had to write, but it was it was kind of like, what are you? Are you the sporty one? Yeah, are you yeah, the yeah. nerdy one? Are you the creative, arty mm. type? I'm everything, bitch. Yeah, <laughs> I couldn't work out. <laughs> and I, I tried to I'd invent myself as a hippie at one stage, yeah, but that yeah. was 1993 and everyone oh, had yeah. those peace symbols anyway. Um, oh, we were into <clears throat> grunge by then, Dal. You, yeah, you would have been well Then you truly. had to like pretend to be poor when you weren't. That enraged me because I did actually come from – a relatively poor background and I was at the University of WA with kids driving fucking Mercedes yep. dressing like they were homeless yep. like it did my head in yep that would be that would be a lot it's you've just reminded me geez it's fascinating having these conversations because I would never have remembered this I had the same activity so my teacher's name is Mr Backman mm-hmm. And he was that teacher that pushed us maybe a little too hard in some respects. Like it was like, you could have got 100 when you got 99, that kind of – but he definitely respected me and pushed me and thought I was great. And we had to do the same thing. And I remember distinctly writing, I have great eyebrows. 
Ooh. and they're really thick. And when I get older, I can do whatever I want with them. And my legs are fat, but I shouldn't say that because at least they work and not everyone's legs work. <laughs> I distinctly remember because I found it about years later and wow. reading through it and thought, again, I couldn't, there was nothing about my personality. Mm. There was nothing about being smart. There was a, like, it couldn't, I couldn't conceptualize couldn't qualities. qualities. Yeah, yeah. I, and I really don't know why, why that was the case. Mm. But I definitely went through a phase of trying to work out who, mm. who I am, what I care about and those mm. sorts of things. Maybe it was, I mean, I had a best friend uh, all the way from prep mm. who's been in my life ever since. Mm. But in between you moved because you moved classes and you moved in mm. and out um, and, and maybe you had a different best friend for a year. Mm. I do – actually, this could be it, but um, this is this is going deeper than I realised we were going to, but mm. uh, the, the best friend from kindergarten didn't want to have a bar of me when we got to school. Wow. Yeah. So that was the first rejection. Mm. Well, why? We just spent all of our time with mm. each other for that year. Why do you not want to play with me in the sandpit mm. when we get to big school? Yes. And that, yeah. that was a knock. That was a big knock to mm. my confidence. At a young age. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I think sometimes I think that feeling can be cumulative. Sometimes you can locate it in a relationship with um, an adult figure mm. or it could be a romantic relationship, could be a friendship. But I think the reason I put it in there is that I hear that in a lot of our callers where they're, you know, particularly when they use that awful language like I'm damaged goods, you know, or I'm not good enough. There's variations on a theme. You're not born feeling that. No. (laughs) You know, like that's come from somewhere. It's either come from a person or culture or both. And that's a story that's not true. Yeah, and from wherever it comes from, rebuilding it's hard. Yeah, really. But hard. we've got to try. Like, I think you've got to try and counter that. If you recognise that in yourself, if you find yourself thinking, "No one will ever want me," that doesn't mean you're looking for someone. No, I'm not talking about. I'm desperately on the search. I'm saying, if you feel like damaged goods, you need to start to really counter that because that is not that's not a true story. And. I truly believe that that you will have that romantic love that um you know that that real fairy tale kind of love when you absolutely start by loving yourself. Yeah. Um and so you have to find that way to do it if you're not currently there whether you're looking or you're not. Well, and isn't the great irony of that when you do get to the point where you love yourself you don't need that. No, oh, that's right. <laughs> you know, so it can be icing on the cake. Mm. But the very thing that you're seeking, you're sort of um, sabotaging yeah. if you're too desperate for it. Yeah. You know, like it's – but, yeah, I think it's uh, – what I like about that meme is that it locates um, – blame's not even the right word. It acknowledges that those stories come from outside. Mm. We internalise them. No one's going to change them for you, but rather than kind of – locating it internally all the time. I have a deficit. I'm too much. I'm not enough. It's like, hang on, someone made someone me made feel, feel that way. like yeah. I wasn't enough. Someone made me feel like I was ugly. Mm. Someone, none of these things are true. Mm. So where did they come from? And then you've got a chance of starting to counter them. Mm. Yeah. 
Oh, that did go a bit deeper than we thought, but I knew that would happen with you, Kath. All right, now we've got some listener calls. This is an interesting one. Hi, Nellie. I saw your post on Facebook about um, keeping the peace versus standing up for yourself and calling things out. At the beginning of this year, I called out my best friend of 35 years um, for saying a lot of mean things to me that in the past I would have just let it slide and know that in a couple of days it would have all washed over. This time I didn't. I told her that I felt like a bad person, a bad wife, a bad mother for all the things she'd said to me and I chose to hang out with people who were just loving me and being my biggest cheerleader and the messiness. Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film, If, only in theatres, May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news? All right, I'll do. It. Sign up now and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. Mintmobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45 equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply if rated PG. What is life? Um, it felt really good. Um, our friendship took a big falling out we didn't talk for probably five or six months but um we are getting back on track we're hanging out we are working through it um and we've both heard each other's side of the story but at the end of the day I just decided it was time to stand up for myself and not and not let people say mean things to me and me just excuse it so that's my uh my experience Cass love this so hard can't you hear the empowerment oh yeah full full standing ovation for oh her my from, god both of us hands in the air i love it i absolutely love it like actually the terror of the energy it takes to squash down those feelings is far greater than the short sharp burst of adrenaline you're going to get confronting it the the letting it go concept and it'll be all right in a few days. Yeah. Do you know what that means? It yeah. means that the other person stewed on it yeah. 24-7 all that time. Festering. Festering. Yes. And um, you have to, you have to mm. let it out. You have to say it. And you have to break that um, veneer mm. of okay mm. for that other person to actually get it. And and so, so yeah. A couple of months of not talking and some uncomfortable moments where you're hearing each other's side. Mm. And if the relationship's worth it, it'll mend and be okay as a result. Mm. But um, you don't deserve the festering if you felt hurt and you're the on- you're the only one then being hurt by mm. it. Mm. A little bit of hurt on the other side to let them know what their words have done. Mm. Sometimes you do have to break that. And festering or it landing and staying with you is not letting it go. No, exactly. You're exactly. holding it. Yeah. In her case, for 35 years. I mean, none of us call out everything. No. You know, like if you called out every time someone kind of vaguely hurt your feelings or offended you, you'd be in constant conflict. But if we're talking about a situation where one of your best friends is saying things that make you feel like a bad mother, a bad wife, 
a bad person, oh, fuck no, you can't let that go. Are you a caller outer or like, or have you shifted into one? I have one at the moment that's live. Right. That you've had to call out? Yeah. And how and did it go? Well, it's still festering a little bit. Yeah. Um, it's hard. And it's festering a little bit because I did the calling out, but I haven't actually had a proper response or attempt to make it better mm. other than going quiet. So what I was going to say, actually, we'll jump there, in relation to the response of her friend, mm. I definitely, you know, I was raised a people pleaser, so I'd be, I'm fine, I'm fine, it's fine, and would never call out or call in, mm. <laughs> you know, mm. and there's a difference between those two things. Um, never, ever challenge anyone who hurt me. And it wasn't, I think, until probably I had kids and I had to start to do that for them that I started doing it for myself. Mm. And now I absolutely will do it. But the reality of that is that I've lost a couple of friends, right? So I'm really glad in her case that they've been able to come back That's together. Right. But you've got to both want that. That's right. And and to know that um, by attempting to work through what was it that what was it that I did or said that Maybe I didn't realise was hurting you, um, but but okay. Um, how can I how can I not do that in the future? Um, if I didn't realise it didn't it hurt you, tell me why it hurt you. Can mm. you explain a little bit more about why you didn't say anything until now? Mm. Any anything to understand why that why that person is hurt is an attempt to mend things. Yes, rather than. Repair. An apology in the moment and, and again, just letting it go for a few months and, and weeks or however long. And it shows that she does – she was hurt by hearing that she hurt her friend. Mm. If you don't – if you're told that you've hurt someone and you don't act on it any mm. further. Mm. Mm. And if you can't sit with that. Yeah. Like we understand – I was talking to – so I interviewed Deb Campbell, um, Relationships – therapist for the podcast and she was talking about and when I asked her about the biggest mistake and this applies to friendships as well she's like when she's working with couples the biggest thing she wants to say is stop being defensive right so let's say you and I are sitting with the therapist and we've had a falling out don't try and win Mm. don't try and be right don't try but you do that too Kath right you've told me you like I hurt your feelings but you do that too instead you kind of go tell me let me yeah can I like? Tell, I don't understand. Yep. Expl- like actually, what was it about that thing that hurt you that maybe I didn't realize, or maybe I was trying to hurt shit. you? It might be. It might not even be your fault. It's not about locating blame. No. But it's what it, was it that it got to? It's a vulnerability mm. in doing that. You're both actually cracking your chest open and going, "What happened?" Mm. Rather than, "I want to be right." I, I said this with this intention. Yeah. You heard it this way. Yes. Because that's where your yeah. mindset is at. Yeah. Okay, well, I didn't mean it that way. Yeah. Okay, but in future, you need to understand that this is where I am at. Yeah. And that is how I'm going to hear it. So please don't do that again. And maybe I have, and that involves a high level of insight to go, look, I have this particular emotional wound. Mm. You know, I feel like, um, I don't know, what's one we've heard on the podcast? I feel like people don't listen to me. So when you said, oh, it doesn't matter and you laughed, that, tri- yes, it was rude, but it also triggered something in me that was before you. Yeah. 
And not everyone will come to the table and do that. Yeah. And maybe your I don't know what's happening, I don't know who you're talking about, but maybe your friend now can't do that, won't do that, would rather um, be avoidant, which I have found so many people are. Mm. Avoidant, it'll blow over. Guess what? It doesn't blow over. It's not going to blow over with me. It's not going to blow no, over. And it, and, it, and it shouldn't. And you can tell... Um, you can tell sorries in the moment that yes. mean something or don't mean anything at all. Do you know what my biggest bugbear in this conflict situation is when someone says sorry to end the argument because mm. they're so uncomfortable. Please just stop talking. Yeah, please stop. Once I've said so, well, I said sorry. Yeah. Yeah, but we didn't talk about it. Yeah. You don't even know where I'm coming from and I don't know where you're coming from. It's not done. Yeah. Like I recognise I talk everything to death. Like I get that and I need to rein that in. Yeah. But we can't go to straight to sorry. You know what it sounds like to me? It's like the Howard with the stolen generation, uh, like, sorry. You know, it's yeah. like, you fucking don't mean it. <laughs> That's right. Like, you got to mean it. And to mean it, you got to understand. That's right. I love that this caller, because my God, that takes balls. And, I, and I'm going to, I am, I am finally going to make you understand how I feel yeah. as a result of your words. And it's not hateful. Like she doesn't sound even angry. Yeah. To me, she's just saying you're f- to her friend. There's nothing. I remember a friend, and I obviously for obvious reasons won't go into detail. Um, criticized how I balance my caring and work roles. Now that's a bloody sore area for a start, particularly if you're not a carer yourself. If you don't have kids with disabilities, like I'm already going, you tread very fucking carefully. But when you come into a conversation like that um, with, well, I would do this and I would be better and i like, no, son. (laughs) Do you understand how much pain you're causing when someone's already under so much pressure? And that is, in actual fact, a bit of a favour to the other person to say, if we're going to keep having a relationship of whatever sort, I need you to know Mm. this. Yes. Um, it is a little bit of the offer. Mm. It might it might be uncomfortable for a moment, but if you want to have a relationship with me, mm. you need to understand this. Mm. Um, and then it is up to them to mm. say, well, I don't want to have that relationship then yeah. if it's too uncomfortable and if you're going to continue to, to raise things with me. Mm. And that's fine. That, that Then, mm. then you've, you've exposed something that's pretty uncomfortable. But if you want to be it, right. Yeah. You can be right on your own. That, that's right. You know, and I also think it's okay, and it doesn't sound like the case in this for our caller, but just for other people listening, I personally think there's sometimes things just go too far, mm. you know, and it might be the case where you go, again, no hard feelings, but I can't come back from that. that. That's the road crossed. That's the road crossed. Yeah. Look behind you. Yeah. <laughs> it went too far and you hope that that's not the case but that is life do you people pleasers are people pleasers yeah did that did that mean that you fested on things and until you had kids that was you you kind of just oh, were okay with that I wasn't okay with that I was dissociating I uh, now realize yeah right so I thought I was just naturally conciliatory rather than going, oh, no, no, you've been dissociating for years (laughs) and one day that will catch up with you. Mm. Um, I think I had such an ingrained, from a range of childhood reasons, terrible fear of conflict and of not being um, liked Mm. 
that I just took shit. And once I had to step into, I mean, I was getting older, I was getting more empowered anyway, but once I had to step into that role as a mum. For someone else. Yeah. For someone else. And yeah. I distinctly remember, I think I've told this story before, even when I was pregnant, my doctor saying to me, you know, I'm going in there going, oh, so I'm not allowed to eat this soft cheese, I'm not allowed to do this. And I remember he said to me, I just wish mothers would care as much about their own bodies as they do about, you know, their, their unborn child, fetus, whatever you want to call it. And that, geez, that stayed. I mean, my oldest daughter's 16, so that's 17 years ago. Mm. I thought, why? Why don't I care so much about me? For people listening, sometimes you might have to start there. You might have to go, I care for this child. I care for this friend. I care for this relative. But at some point, the work is to have that same level of care for yourself. Yeah, I can't I can't be there to care for those people if no. I'm not looking after myself. And that means that if someone hurts me now, yeah. Yeah. I tell them. Yeah. And it Kath, it doesn't always go well. No. Like this is the part of the Pollyanna conversation that we we we, we need to have this. It doesn't always go well. We always say, Oh, you gotta call it out and everyone's gotta address it. Yeah, fuck. People don't talk about shit for a reason. Mm. It is hard. It's hard to sit across from someone and hear them say, you hurt me. Mm. It's also the only way to have a real relationship. Yeah. Yeah, it's sort of those – the things that matter, Mm. if I've been stewing on them and it it just burns, it burns to the point where it must come out. I think it was making me sick. Yeah, yeah. You know, I think you and I have talked about before I read the, that book, The Body Doesn't Lie, The Body Keeps Score, all that kind of stuff. And it was like so revelatory for me. Somebody lived so much in their head to kind of go, oh, that's why your shoulders hurt. That's why you have IBS. Mm. That's why you, whatever. There will be a range of manifestations. Even depression, I think, for a lot of people is, as they say on The Sopranos, rage turned inwards. Right, so you're sitting there stewing, like that person said this to me and it really was reckless and it hurt me and I'm not going to say anything. Yeah, guess what? It's not going anywhere. Mm-mm. It's going to your brain, your bowels, your back. Your, it's staying with you. Mm. So now I'm definitely not confrontational but I don't avoid mm. either. Like I'll go, if it's important, I'll go, you know what, can I just have a chat to you about this? And I'm also okay to be called out the other way. Yeah, yeah, and you, hard. That in, incredibly hard. But but to be able to say, can you explain that to me yeah. more further? Then rather than what, I I'm not that do it kind for of that person. Reason. Well, can you explain it to me further? Yeah. Then yeah, um, that that kind of um, doing it for your children concept mm. is also the one. Um, when you read or or see all of the stories about pregnant and parenting students Mm. where they do continue their education Mm. because actually now that they're pregnant and going to look after Mm. a child, they realise that the value of education for themselves is Mm. the thing that's going to give their kid Mm. the future. And even though, again, that's desperately sad, like I was a big sister for years and my little sister was in that – when I say little sister, obviously she wasn't blood relative – um, but she had her daughter at 16 and I saw that, mm. you know, like I'd been her mentor. It wasn't until she was pregnant that she really started to sort of go on a um, more healthy kind of life trajectory. Is that sad? Yes. Is it a starting point? 
Yes. It's also pretty inspirational. That, oh, I think that, it so is. So someone once said to me, actually getting pregnant was the best thing that happened to that 16-year-old. Mm. And, and when that you talk about the shame of, um, mm. yeah, the shame of teenage pregnancies when the reality is that mm. the person who got them pregnant was in their 20s yes. and actually that's predatory behaviour. Yeah, don't it's even a, start me you know, on that shit. But yeah. actually for some of those young girls that was the thing that saved them because mm. it gave them that perspective. And I think, again, going back to our caller, mm. I would say imagine if you need to do this for people listening, if you're not quite there yet with your own self-esteem, Imagine your child or your best friend or your sister or your brother, someone, whoever you love most in the world, would you want them to be in a friendship that where they ate shit constantly mm. and that undermined them? No, you wouldn't. What's the advice you'd give them? So why do you want that for yourself? Mm. I love it. All right, you ready for another call? Yeah. Hi, Nelly. I'm 51 and really love your current podcast, Dear Nelly. In the time that I've been listening to your podcasts, I've progressed from being widowed through to um, trying dating apps for the first time in my life because I was with my late husband for yeah about 20 years, so there were no dating apps before then, um, to now... I have been in a lovely relationship with a really, really um, beautiful person for the last nine months or so and, yeah, things are getting quite serious and it's so exciting and good. Um, I'm also really conscious, though, that there's yeah, a few logistical things that we need to look into before deciding um, to take things much further. He's got small children. I've got an adult child and grandchild who don't live with me, but my grandson does spend a lot of time with me. I've got a little bit of a mortgage. I live in a really big house. Um, He has... And then it cut out. Oh, oh, bless. Oh, that's awful. <laughs> I know. So, of course, open invitation to call back in. I was going to, um, like, delete it and ask her to do it again, but I thought there's actually enough there mm. that we can take the call and she, of course, is welcome to call back in. Mm. So what do you hear, first of all? Like, widowed, widower, widow, I can't remember which one's mm. the correct terminology, but that is a really different situation to divorce. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. You can hear the twinkle in her eye. I can't you. Yeah. Oh, the things are getting a little bit exciting. Yes. She knows. Yeah. She knows yeah. that that this is real. Because mm. logistics are coming into it. The new bloke. Yeah. Yes. So so that's fantastic to hear. Um. Can I just say on that point? Just again for listeners who are who are sitting right in the shit at the moment, I can almost guarantee I'd stake a kidney on the fact that when her husband died, she thought I'm done. Never gonna yeah, that's right. Right? This I can't I, I wouldn't be able to do this again. No one will love me again. I won't love again. Guess what? She was wrong. Yeah. Um I mean I do almost think nine months don't do it just yet. Oh, no. Stay with where you are. Yeah, Think yeah. through logistics, no, logistically. but stay, stay where you are just yes. a little bit longer. No, I'm with, I'm with you. 
Um, I'm totally particularly with you. little kids. Yeah, little kids for him. Yeah, yeah. The the mind races about age differences and and yeah. some of those things. But but if she's feeling that way, um, she said early fifties. Did she early fifties? I mean, I, early fifties. She could. He could be early fifties with little kids. Yes. Is yeah, the truth. Absolutely. You know, like I know quite a few men who've got little kids that they would have had in, say, mid-40s, late-40s, even mm. early-50s themselves. Mm. Um, so that there may not be an age difference. I think in terms of the logistics, because, again, I absolutely hate when people in our position won't kind of just say what they mean. Mm. Don't move in with him <laughs> would be. I mean, if you do, I don't judge. But if you're asking my opinion, don't move in. No, because we can hear the twinkle in her eye. Yep. I can't see what his is doing. Well, not only that, I just think keep the twinkle. Mm. You know, mm. once you move in, you're going to be on some level, even if you're not parenting his kids, you're going to have a role in their lives. And, mate, you've done it. You've mm. done that. Mm. Even if you decide to do that a couple of years down the track, give yourself the couple of years of romance yeah, where you're right not the full honeymoon. Yeah, you've got a grandkid that you have some responsibilities for. You've got your own kid. Do not do that gendered thing. Yeah, of going. I need to take on another family. You don't. If you want to, by yeah. all means, do that. Yeah. But I sense she doesn't want to. Keep your house. Keep your space. Keep your house or downsize if you've got a big yes. house and a little mortgage. Yeah, maybe maybe uh, following the loss of her partner, mm. she hadn't done that yet. Yeah. So move into the place maybe that is yours with your memories to start afresh, mm. not in that, the previous house mm. maybe. But on your own. But on your own, yeah. I'm going – like this is my vision. Visitation rights. Yeah, with the information we have, which is limited, this is my vision, taking into account what you've just said. If you can, sell your house, buy yourself a beautiful apartment or a townhouse or something Do like something smaller – do it up how you want. You invite him yes. when you want. Yes. If you want to be involved with his kids, wait as long as you can mm. because you've already got – you've raised your kid and you've got a grandkid. You don't have to take that on again. Yeah. Yeah, I think I think that's good advice. Um, You're hesitating. I can see. No, what it's is just it? – well, because then I thought, well, you, you get your own place. It's yours. It's your moment to move on from the previous mm. time that you had with your partner. Then do you get a new one again at some point with the new bloke? Maybe. And then make it the space for the two of you. Maybe you do. But you, ha- you have at least the buffer in between. I reckon. And make that romance she, I mean, last as long as you can you she can. might not feel the need to move mm. is the first thing so she might be happy to stay in, in the place that she's in um i'm talking the kind of sex in the city version in nelly's head where you know there's not like land tax and like it doesn't cost you to sell and well, buy certainly things don't and go into his <laughs> put it that no way. Yeah. no 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 and i think that's really that would be my most strident piece of advice keep your own place um, at least for a couple of years, mm. at least. And there's no reason you can't see each other a couple of times a week, a few times a week. You don't have to run into enmeshment and being a mummy yeah. again. You've done it. Yep. And there'll be people in her life who will be pressuring her to do that because that's the script, right? You be the stepmom, you go in, you parent. No, no, you've done that, mate. 
you've done your time, you can be respectful to those kids. Yeah. And the fact that he's a dad, that doesn't mean you have to take them on. Date for as long as you like. I reckon. Have some fun. Mm. You must have been through terrible grief. Yeah. You've worked your whole life in a range of paid and unpaid roles. You don't have to do it again. Have some fun. Just date. Mm. Can be committed dating. Absolutely. You know, yeah. there can be loyalty and commitment. And I can imagine moving in with him in 10 years, literally. Doesn't have to be now. What's the rush? Like, we're not kids. Don't you think? Yeah, I do. I do. There's there's this, yeah, the, the sort of the joy of dating without needing to know what's next. Yeah, exactly. It might last another year. It might last another 25 years. Mm. I, I'm, look, that's projecting where I'm at. Mm. But I hear that in her voice as well. We don't know. The truth is none of us know. No. But by our in our situation, our age, she didn't expect to be a widow at fifty. No, and it's it's fun if you've got the time and the space and the ability to go and eat delicious things with each other yes. and walk underneath the stars hand in hand go to the and bloody do all art of those gallery. things. Yeah, just go with that. Don't be doing school pickup. <laughs> go to the NGV. All right, Kath Davis, we're going to end with big mistake. So giving your back for sloppy seconds, I ask you to identify what is the biggest mistake either that you've made or more commonly that you see in relationships and dating. What is it? I couldn't think of anything else because it was so strong. It's just trying to change someone. Oh, tell me. Trying to change someone, expecting they'll change. Yeah. Changing yourself. Have you done that? Try yeah, to change someone. Both. Both. Yeah. Both. Me too. And and I remember one of the things that was hardest uh, was being told, "That's how it is. I won't change." Mm. And and I remember seeing a meme not long ago that was, um, I think it was actually on Father's Day, perhaps, where it was a daughter saying, "What I realised was that he just didn't want to change for me." Mm. And, uh, and how awful that must be as a kid to feel Terrible. that. Um, and sometimes that's the case. Sometimes people can change or do change, mm, mm. Um, but they might not. You and can't trying drag them there. to, yeah. ab- absolutely futile. Yeah. And then you can think about some things in your own self where you're like, mm. I'm sorry, that is not changing. Oh, for so, sure. So both ways um, mm. in, 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 if that's your hope, if you're, if you're in a relationship <laughs> – Sometimes I think this about my political party. If you're in a relationship where you're with them for the hope of it, mm. not for the reality. Yeah. <laughs> the potential. For the possibility and for the narrative. Yeah. You know, going back to our beautiful oh. Thorne we talked about before, and her and I are old friends and we muse on this stuff a lot. It's like one of the most confronting things, I think, in the end of her marriage and to some degree, you know, the end of my relationships that I've had is that you were invested in the idea yeah. More than the reality. Yeah. And I think that that is really common for a lot of our listeners as well. And that's so, that's a punch in the guts because you feel stupid. Yeah. You know, once you have that river. And it could be friendship. Yeah. It could be a whole range of things. And I think you're, I can't agree with you more. You cannot love, let's take the extreme example. You're with an alcoholic, which we hear frequently. If I love them enough, they'll go to rehab. If I'm kind to them, if I show them how great they are, 
None of that is going to make them change. No. They will only change if they are ready and they are willing. Yeah. So you have to let them go mm. and if they do the work and come back mm. um, or you have to say we can't, this isn't mm. the relationship I'm after mm. now and see what happens. The only thing that might work is you going, actually, I'm letting you go because you're an alcoholic and you won't get help. I have seen that work. Yeah. Not immediately. Yeah. Like long term. But even then you've left. It's it's really it's really funny about how subliminal messages get into your psyche. Mm. So I have no clue whatsoever, but my bedroom growing up, I had a poster of a horse and it said uh, if you love something, set it free. If yes. it comes back to you, it's yours. If it doesn't, it was never meant to be. I've got no idea who mm. bought it. Mm. I didn't put it up. Mm. But it's been there in my psyche ever mm. since. You you say, you are not well. I can't be with you right mm. now. Mm. Um, and if it's the Paul Kelly story, mm. they'll get in the in the silver top to yep. her door. Yeah. Uh, and it might work. But mm. you have to make that call mm. to say, not now. And on the less harmful level, that might be, say, going back to our caller, and I'm not suggesting she do this, but it'll be um, real for other listeners, you might go, actually, I don't want little kids in my life again. Mm. I can't change that. I can't, you know, I can't change that in myself yeah. to go, actually, oh, well, I'll be very happy to deal with this all again. If you know... I can't go back to that place. That you can't go back to that, don't go back. Mm. Right? So it's not just about them. It's also about expecting yourself to be something you're not. Oh, I'll be that person that, you know, can travel around Spain and just wander around and will find a backpackers. Mate, I'm not that. I was actually <laughs> never that. Yeah. Like I tried to pretend to be that because yeah. that's what you were meant to be when you're 20. Yep. I am not wired for that. Yeah. And I'm not trying to change it because it doesn't hurt anybody. And it doesn't hurt me. I accept that's part of myself. Yeah. But if you're with a free spirit who wants to fuck off around the world and do that, you're probably not compatible. I cracked it over the weekend at, at a family wedding because people couldn't decide where to go to breakfast. And I just went. <laughs> I just said, that's it. I'm going. I need food now. Yes. I can't wait for you to choose where you're getting yeah. food, order food, and then fi- find yeah. the food, get to us. I'm going where I can eat it in oh, two minutes. Don't even. And I, and I, am so, and I did realise that I am that single. Yeah. That I, when I need food, I go get it. Yeah. <laughs> it's yes. Just, I don't wait for that anymore. Yes. No, and you got and I and I came back and I said I'm sorry, but indecision drives me mad. Oh, me too. Just pick one and go with it. Yeah. Should we just go up there and say no? No. No, we shouldn't. <laughs> and you know what? I don't think someone who does that is better or worse no. than me. It just doesn't work with me. Yeah, I can't. You know, so if you start, if I start dating someone and that's how they roll, it's not going to work. No. Because you, I'll, I'll seethe and be frustrated. And prob- those are the ones that I probably wouldn't call out, but I'll just go. Yeah. And they'll be going, you're so uptight. I'm now and eating eggs again. You're both feeling for like a, shit. Yeah, I'm eating eggs yeah. again for two days in a row. Yeah, I couldn't agree with you more, Kath. Take people how they are. Stop. Like actually literally stop and assess it and kind of go, can I take you how you are today if I can't leave? Yeah. Do not pursue it any further. And that's wonderfully ambitious that mm. you can you can foresee how it might work and be different 
but it might never get there. Oh, God. How many, like, this is like my 20s, seeing the potential in people, not just romantic friendships as well. You could be this. Yep. And now from this age, I'm like, oh, you are never going to (laughs) be. Like, you are never going to be. That was my projection. Yeah. My fantasy. So then know that that's your fantasy and go find that. That's right. And stop doing that. Stop putting that on everyone else. Yeah. Yeah. Love it. I was was told this was one of those um, punch in the guts when you realise this is really not going to work. When a person that I'd vaguely been dating from – from a dating site, said that their their dream was the picket fence country house, and I went, I can't live in the country. Yeah, and I was, and I was even at the point of going, could I be could with I? them? Yes. Could I stay with them? Yes, maybe things will get a bit better. It's a bit yeah. crap now, but could it be better? And then I'm like, I'm not living in the country. No. That would drive me mental. And the real danger with that, and we've talked about this, is limerence. You know, when you're in, if you've started that kind of romantic sexual phase where all the fucking pistons are firing, oh, I could totally live in Bendigo. Oh, yeah, six months into living in Bendigo, you're going, I, I, knew, I knew I couldn't do it. And no offence to me, I love Bendigo, but you know what I mean. Yeah, yeah. Like you know yourself and whatever they are showing you of themselves, believe it and do not think, but if I am patient enough, if I am not, nah, it's not how it works yeah. and particularly not at our age. Yeah. I don't think this is 100% true, but I had a psychologist in my 20s and she said to me, she thought, give or take, most people were fixed by about 30. And when I say fixed, I mean fixed in who they are. Mm. So you can work really hard to change aspects of yourself after that, but you've got to really want it and you've got to do a lot of work and you, most people need a professional mm. to do it. There's a lot of flexibility up until early 30s, but after that they're kind of, they are who they are. And I've always remembered that. And to me, that supports what you're saying. Because if you're dating in our age, you're probably dating someone in their 30s, 40s, 50s or older. And none of that comes with judgment in in, no. in reality either because they are how they are for whatever reasons they've That's got they've there. That's how they've coped. But, but, but I, this is not going to work for, for me. Us. Yeah. Nah. Or yes. Yeah. And I'm, am I for them? Yeah. Yeah. No, Love it. Know your good bits, know your crap bits. Yes. Are you going to come back for Thursday Thirds? I would love to. You're so wise. I love you've got such a calm. Maybe it's because you're not the comedian, you know, like the, the comedians I get on. It's so hysterical, which I love because, you know, they're my people. But you've got such a like calm response to all of my questions. Just you just go. You don't want to sound there. like a knob. <laughs> no, you, it's I love it. I absolutely love it. We'll be getting you back in. Thank you. Thank you, Kath Davis. My pleasure. See ya. Bye. Dear Nelly. I could use some advice, dear Nelly. Yeah, some help would be nice, dear Nelly. I'm eager to hear your point of view, dear Nelly. There's a lot to explore, dear Nelly. When you're 40 or more, dear Nelly. So I'm hoping we could talk it through.
Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50% to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com style for free shipping and 365-day returns. Hey, thanks so much for listening to Dear Nelly. Now, don't be shy. I would love to hear your questions and comments. To send me a recording or an email, go to nellythomas.com and follow the links. It's super easy and you might hear me talk about your question in a future episode. Huge thanks to producer Sam Peterson from the Producer Boy Creative Production team and to producer Faye Younger, who in addition to being an excellent human, is also a brilliant real estate buyer's advocate and can be found at youngerhill.com. Thanks to Acast and all the team. And lastly, to you. Without the listeners, I'm just a middle-aged mole talking shit to no one. Please rate, review and consider subscribing for five bucks a month for a bonus episode and to help me keep the lights on. And tell your bloody mates, would you? I'd really appreciate it. Love yous.